Hello and welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Day. For those of you new to the Church Leaders Podcast, our goal is to help those working in churches to lead better every day. For the past several years, we've done this by interviewing today's top leaders and gleaning their insights into ministry, culture, and theology on a weekly basis. In a few weeks, however, we're going to shift gears to that of a seasonal approach. Each season will consist of a collection of interviews exploring a topic that the Big C Church is grappling with. Originally, we planned on launching this new series of podcasts on the topic of abortion and the future of the pro-life movement. While that is still a relevant topic, and one we'll explore later this year, the events that transpired in the U.S. Capitol on January 6th thrust another, more pressing topic into our culture's consciousness. That is Christian nationalism. Our editorial team decided it would better serve our listeners to broach this topic while it is still on everyone's minds. So starting in a few weeks, we're going to look at the topic from a sociological, theological, and pastoral perspective. You'll likely hear information and perspectives you haven't heard before. You might not agree with all of it, but at the end of the season, you'll definitely be more informed and better equipped to help your congregation approach Christian nationalism from a Christ-centered perspective. Also, just a friendly reminder that if you enjoy the Church Leaders Podcast, please leave us a review. Your reviews and ratings help other ministry leaders find us and benefit from our content as well. And now, allow me to introduce our guest for this week's episode. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Jason Day, and I had a fantastic conversation with Ryan Wakefield this week. Ryan is the founder of Church Marketing University, where he and his team provide marketing and communications resources and coaching to churches across the globe. Ryan has many years of experience leading in the local church. Prior to starting CMU, Ryan served as a pastor and creative director at James River Church, and then he and his family started a new adventure back in 2013 when they packed up and moved to Kansas City to be a part of the team planting Summit Park Church. Along with many other roles, Ryan has served as the marketing director for Summit Park Church, where they've seen the church grow to around 1,500 people and making a positive kingdom impact in their community. Now, on this week's episode, Ryan and I discuss how we can approach our Easter celebrations, even in the midst of uncertainty, with a focus on long-term disciple-making. Ryan shares practical tips on both planning and promoting to be as effective as possible, and we talk about rethinking some of our common thoughts surrounding Easter from a ministry perspective, which can allow us to reset in healthy ways. These are great insights, so be sure to share this episode with your team and colleagues. And now, won't you please join me in my conversation with Ryan Wakefield. Ryan, welcome back to the Church Leaders Podcast. It's always so good to have you with us. Man, I'm pumped to be here. Hopefully, this is going to be a huge encouragement to church leaders, and I'm excited about this conversation. Yeah, excellent. Now, Ryan, um, this is literally the first week of February 2021, and uh, so we survived 2020, and we're looking at 2021, (laughs) excited about uh, the opportunities for the church uh, ahead. Um, But Easter is just two months away. 
And and yeah. I uh, the first question I want to toss out to you, Ryan. You have the opportunity to work with thousands of of ministry leaders, um, churches uh, across the country and even around the world, and helping them as they're looking at how can they be most effective in building these relationships and connections with with their communities. So with Easter being just two months away, ideally, when do you see those churches that are really most effective with with building these um, connections around Easter, with looking at how they can do effective Easter outreach. W- when do pastors and churches begin preparing for Easter? That's a great question. And it's funny because we've done some data on this. We, we've looked at uh, some assessments with the churches in our, our network because we wanted to find, you know, what are growing churches doing that plateaued or declining churches aren't doing? And it, are there some things that make a statistical difference? Now, the big disclaimer is this data was pre-COVID. And so I think we're all going to chuckle at this right now. But the data uh, indicated that churches that plan three months out or more are much more likely to be growing. So in, in a typical world, I would have said, you know, hey, Jason, if, if you're a pastor and you're a leader and you can kind of get three months out and start your planning process and preparing and, and laying the found, foundation for where you're headed on any event like Easter, you're going to be much more likely to, to reach people. Uh, and we could talk about any number of reasons why that I believe that is. Obviously, we're all kind of chuckling at that right now because I feel like there's so many of us that because of COVID, it makes it harder to plan that far you know, out because we just don't know what's going what's gonna to happen. Right. Are we going to be able to meet in person or digitally or hybrid? But that's, that's kind of the data that we've talked a lot about inside Church Marketing University is try to be at least three months out. And that'll really help your church have plenty of time to do uh, relationship, discipleship, and planning in a way that's graceful. It's not last minute. can have plenty of time to pray over it, get your people uh, inviting and sharing their faith. And it's much it's much uh, more graceful. Let me just say that when you have plenty of time for your team and your people to be prepared. Yeah, no, no, that's good. And and I know the work that, that you and Church Marketing University are doing right now, you are already kind of in, in full force working with churches on Easter. And uh, and I know you've, you've been doing that. I, I find it interesting, and I don't know if, if you've sensed this as, as well, but over 2020, you know, pretty much from March forward, um, for us here in the U.S., wrestling through the pandemic and and lots of other chaotic things throughout the year, the the whole planning conversation um, has been fascinating because a lot of people are like, "Well, I can't plan for next week," and, and there were definitely times when we were going through that. I mean, I and I'm sure you had um, probably hundreds of conversations as well with pastors and ministry leaders who were like, they just weren't even sure what was going to happen next Sunday, let alone a month down the road. Um, but but something else that I have seen more and more, these churches that are being um, most kind of evangelistically effective, those who are building relationships, those who are kind of mobilizing their people um, to to engage in spiritual conversations and to to become inviters and, and kind of just open their hearts and their lives uh, to others, I, I have found that planning may look differently, but planning is still happening. In other words, yep. um, if, if they're just kind of waiting, saying, well, I'm not sure what Easter's going to be like, so we're just going to sit back and hold on, and whatever happens, happens. That that we see, uh, and I, we saw this just as we came through Christmas, really, with uh, lots of the churches that we work with, were actually leaning in and saying, mm-hmm. we do not know exactly 
what our Christmas Eve worship is going to look like. But we do know we are going to help celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and introduce yeah. people to Jesus, right? And so, yep. so there's this idea of we may not know exactly what it might look like, yet we need to kind of do the due diligence and, and be faithful in preparing for different opportunities, whatever opportunities and doors God might open. Absolutely. And I think my my worldview has been when there's so much uncertainty, what go back to the things that we can be certain about. You know, mm. we can be certain about uh, the kingdom of God and, right. and the local church and the good news. And we can be certain that, that that type of ministry flows out of relationships. And it's all about helping people and connecting with where they're at and pointing them to where God wants to take them. And so even in the midst of so much uncertainty, there's so much uh, in in leading a church that we can be certain about that God's going to be with us. He's got a plan. And and with so much uncertainty, when it, bringing the conversation back around to events like Easter and Christmas, I would encourage those listening to get uh, some resources. Outreach is a great example of this. We have some resources that we can connect them with, but get some resources. Even if you're like, man, that's not exactly a perfect fit, what we, we would do on a typical year. But when you get a resource and a partner that's helping you, they can take a lot of the load off of uh, videos and artwork and ideas and, and all that can be done for you so that it gives you more time to focus on some of the things that are going to be a little bit last minute. So just don't let the uncertainty paralyze you, do what you can to prepare, go back to what we are certain about, then get some resources around you that have taken care of a lot of the heavy lifting of, you know, going into something like Easter. And then it's going to free you up to lead your people to, to keep the main things, the main things, you know, uh, sharing their faith, pointing people towards uh, Jesus. And, and I think you're going to find that it allows you to keep moving forward without just being paralyzed by, oh, there's so much changing, so I can't do anything. That's a, that's a recipe for, um, yeah, for, for disaster. So don't do that. Do what you can <laughs> right now to prepare the way. And you're going to have an incredible Easter. God's going to show up. So be encouraged. Hang in there. Uh, you're doing better than you probably think you are. God's more at work than you probably can even realize at this moment. So, so be encouraged, relax, let the peace of God, you know, cover your heart. Right. And, and, but, but don't, don't just be paralyzed. Keep making those small steps forward and, and God's going to be with you. Yeah, that's excellent, Ryan. And, and and whenever you mention this idea of, you know, we know that there are certain things, you know, we know the mission of God is still true. We're still called to go and make disciples, right? So uh, regardless of what's going on in the world around us, we know that's our calling. And as pastors and ministry leaders, God has entrusted to us a, a, a congregation, a group of people um, that we're not only shepherding, but we are um, helping them become disciple makers. We're helping them make those relationships that can lead to making disciples. And so um, when we, we talk about those those certainties that aren't going to change, that won't waver regardless of if a pandemic comes or any other you know catastrophe comes our way, those are still true. And I love what you said about the idea of resourcing. And we've seen this a lot. We've seen this a lot of it over the last year where um, during the pandemic, churches are are really leaning on resources so that they don't have to spend energy 
as they have in the past, you know, creating a bunch of these resources instead, yep. exactly what you said, Ryan, they can spend time on what the ministry is going to be week in, you know, week to week, um, because there will be, um, you know, everyone's pay, favorite or, or maybe at this point, most hated word uh, pivots, right? <laughs> They're going to be those. So we need to be flexible. And um, so if we can let, uh, you know, some of these resources be helpful that we don't have to invest as much time and energy on, then we can focus on those important things, encouraging our people, building those relationships and doing the work of the church, right? Yep, absolutely. And this is, if there's ever been a year where, you know, the pastor doesn't need to be in Photoshop or editing video or right. you need to be following up with people, checking in on people, focusing on relationships, and your people need to be doing that as well. So, man, we get you some resources. Outreach is a fantastic uh, partner in that. And again, it may not be exactly what you would have done if you would have done it from scratch, but that's not what it's about. It, trust me, that it'll be a great representation of your church. It will help you. But most importantly, it will help you uh, focus on those key things that only you can focus on. And that's right. what really makes a difference. That's that, those relationships relationships and that, that discipleship opportunity. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about some of the some of the things that you're seeing, the pastors and churches that you're working with at Church Marketing University, you know, what what are they doing um, as they're thinking through we may not know exactly, you know, what Easter Sunday is going to look like. Right, whether it's going to be in person, uh, completely online, or some sort of hybrid, and so, so setting that question aside, or or just you know acknowledging that that is is a question, what are you seeing churches doing to lean into having an impactful Easter in spite of you know some of those other things that we can get hung up on, right? Yep, I think the main thing is a shift from planning a big event to looking at the long-term impact. Let me mm. say that again. It's a shift in our mindset of looking at Easter as a one-off big event to know this is an opportunity. Certainly, we hope we have a big event in digital or in-person, whatever that looks like. But honestly, it's, it's more of what are we going to do so that we have a long-term impact and discipleship opportunity? And, and with that, I've kind of had a phrase that I've been thinking about and saying is, is you get what you plan for. And unfortunately, in the, in the church world, oftentimes we get a big event because that's what we're planning for. We've defined the win of Easter that we have this big event and then we're all high-fiving at, at this, at, you know, the Sunday afternoon or something. But then the next weekend, we're like, hey, where did everybody go? <laughs> it's kind of because all of our planning, all of our energy, all of our resources went in and we planned for a big event. So that's what we got. So the shift is, hey, what if we not just plan for a big event? If we have a big event, great. But what if our plan was more centered around long-term impact, long-term discipleship. And that was our focus. That's what we're celebrating. We're high-fiving as people are getting baptized, as people are getting into small groups, and as people are being discipled, and we're getting uh, connected with these people in our community, and we're having this long-term ability to go on these uh, journeys with them. And, and when, we, when we have that shift, 
what we realize is, man, we can take a lot of the uncertainty out of this year because the reason why a lot of our Easter planning is uncertain is because it's all centered around that notion that it has to be a big event. And right, and that's what creates the uncertainty is because we don't know if we're going to be able to have a big event or what capacity or what platform or in person or digital. And so if we step back, we shift our mindset to no, what would it look like if we, if we have a focus on long-term discipleship. How would we change our planning? How would we change where we put our resources, our energy? How would we change how we talk to our core and our congregation and our leaders and our volunteers? What would that all look like? And then, oh, by the way, I feel like this is a conversation that we is long overdue in the church space. And it's almost a refreshing bring us back to the basics that this year allows us to have. And my suggestion moving forward is, Next year, if, if God allows the vaccine to go forward and that's the answer, don't go back to the old, hey, we have a big event and, and let's create these Christmas and Easter attenders because that's what we're planning for. And then we're like, well, why do you guys only come twice a year? Maybe that's our fault. Maybe that's because that's the culture that we built. And so I think there's a long overdue conversation here of we need to shift our focus, our energy, our resources, our culture uh, to planning long-term discipleship, not just big events. Yeah, that, that, that's excellent, Ryan. And I want to kind of dig in a little more because I want to make sure those who are listening in are understanding, um, you know, kind of practically w- what you're talking about. And so I'm, I'm going to maybe push back a little bit and kind of dig in a bit with you. So okay. one one is we know that, you know, in the, in the rhythm of the um, Christian calendar, we have Easter, right? Easter yep. is a, a huge, huge event. In, in history, it's a huge event that has allowed every single one of us to enter into a personal relationship with, with Christ, you know, and um, to overcome um, the sin and selfishness, you know, that, that pulls us down. So I, I'm asking, are you, um, because I, I, I'm not sure if some people listening might say, oh, well, then we don't really need to do a lot for Easter, you know what I mean? And let's just kind of think about relationships and and the fear that I have in that is that that may mean that people don't do much of anything differently at all right because we like to assume that hey we are a church therefore we are um, on mission whether or not we are intentional about that so talk to us a little bit about what is the the importance of since we're looking at Easter right now Easter for example as a quote unquote, big day, yep. but not falling into the trap of getting so sucked into the big event of Easter that we miss out on the relationship building. Yeah, I think a great analogy of this specifically because Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. I'm here in Kansas City, so I'm pulling for Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, but a lot of times, and certainly undoubtedly, Easter is the Super Bowl of our faith. I mean, it's what we celebrate. So that's without question. What happens is when we fall in the trap that it becomes the Super Bowl of our planning or our strategy or our approach, 
because when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> like they did, what happens is everybody celebrates. We lift up the trophy and then we all go on vacation. We all go home. We all go on sabbatical. for. And what happens is we ap- approach our planning like that, where that's how we define the win. That's how we define the scoreboard is that big event uh, becomes, it becomes the Super Bowl. And then what happens the next week is nobody shows up. Our leadership's on vacation. We didn't put any time and energy and resources. Our volunteers are burnout. Our budgets burn out. Uh, people, if they do by some chance come back, um, they, they have a terrible experience that was nothing like the, the week before. We failed to get their contact information. Our follow-up systems aren't, aren't dialed in. And so if we look at it like it's the Super Bowl, like it's the end point um, of our planning, we miss the opportunity for that long-term impact. And, and my argument is that's why we've, we see the church culture the way it is, mm-hmm. is because that's how we've been approaching it. So yes, it's the Super Bowl of our faith and the, the event that changed the history of the world. But as far as our planning, it's, the, it's almost like what I would say is consider it like week one of the playoffs for your church's planning, meaning it's, it is, it's huge. It's a big day. It's go time, but week to the next week of playoffs is more important and, and it keeps <laughs> moving in that direction. Right. So the correct win is, did we get people's contact information? on Easter, because if we didn't get their contact information, we have no way to follow up with them. We don't have the beginning point of relationship. And then also, did we get people to come back the next week? Because if we can't get people to come back, we can't go on a long-term discipleship journey. And then, so when you start looking at it like it's week one of the playoffs, now you start to say, okay, this is the beginning of something, not the end of it. And then you start looking at it through the mindset uh, that is just totally different. And then when you approach it like that, you start to prioritize different things. Mm. And, and once your priorities change, then your outcomes change. It goes back to the idea of you get what you plan for. And so if you if you come at it with, man, our next week after Easter is going to be even more spiritually significant in the lives of people who are attending than on Easter. Wow, that's awesome. And let me explain why you should be here next week. Why mm-hmm. you should be here if you're in, in the United States on Mother's Day. And you have a long-term view where you're going on this journey with people. Uh, it's, it's just different when you approach it like that all the way from, from A to Z. So yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Like, I'm not saying that Easter is not a big deal. Don't hear, hear me say that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we need to change the way we're approaching it uh, kind of in our long-term view of where it fits into this relationship, discipleship, long-term impact journey. Yeah, that's that's great. You, you know, it's interesting, uh, and I know because you and I um, have had conversations around this. So, so um, I remember as a pastor myself, when I um, early in my pastorate, I would do like a sermon series that led into Easter Sunday, and then Easter Sunday would be like the culmination of this, you know, uh, series through, you know, I'd start maybe around Ash Wednesday, and we do something, you know, throughout the, the season of Lent, you know the. Uh, we would, you know, every week be looking at, you know, Jesus, the teachings of G, you know, just kind of building up, building up and then to Holy Week and then bam, a big crescendo on Easter Sunday. And then I would be exhausted. My entire team, my staff, all my volunteers, everyone gave everything they had and we'd be done. Right. Yep. And um, I remember when when I, I felt kind of convicted because you know my heart's desire was to to reach more people and help our help our church and the individuals within our church to build more relationships disciple more people and i remember um as a young pastor whenever you know kind of flipped the switch in my mind where started looking at easter 
as the beginning. And so I, yeah. I started planning. Easter was the first Sunday of a series, um, which gave a natural, as you were saying, a natural um, way to invite all those people that your people, um, you know, in your church had reached out to invited their coworkers, neighbors, friends, classmates, whomever that was, whatever we did corporately as a church to do outreach into the community. So we have people showing up on Sunday or Easter Sunday rather. Um, and that was week one. And Hey, we want you to come back next week because, and it just is the next step, right? So, um, talk to us really practically, Ryan, about because um, this this impacts how we budget, um, not just financially, but I think just as importantly, um, and I know you'd agree on this, how we budget energy level yeah. you know, of, of our volunteers and our staff, right? So talk to us a bit about like very practically, if you're, if you're coming into Easter, you know, what percentage, even if, and not to put you on the spot, but if you have some ideas around this, I'm sure you might, you know, what percentage would you say, this is what you want to invest you know, whether it's your financial budget or your, you know, energy um, budget, whatever resources on Easter. And then what would you do following Easter Sunday? Yeah, let me give you a high level how I would coach a church. And then we can go uh, deeper on any one of these that we'd like to. Mm -hmm. But uh, number one is when you start to plan, I would encourage you to start planning for Easter, not on Easter, but start planning uh, in the U.S. here, Mother's Day. If you're somewhere overseas, you could you could adjust that accordingly. But start planning with Mother's Day and then work backwards to where you are right now. So Mother's Day becomes, for a lot of churches, it's in the top three most attended weekend of the year. It's a huge opportunity. So start there. And then what is that series? Jason, I love your idea of start a series on Easter and give people an amazing reason to not miss a week of that series. Talk to them about if they make a commitment to be here faithfully, how God is going to work in their life. Take that small step, go on this journey, kind of make that commitment through Mother's Day and, and see what God would do in their life. So I love that. So start with Mother's Day, then look at that series. And now that you have that dialed in, ready to go, now start planning actually your Easter Sunday. And when you start planning for your Easter, don't immediately jump in, get all your creative uh, volunteers around a table and be like, okay, which Chris Tomlin song are we going to sing? Now, I love the music. I love the worship. But start with like, okay, since we have this incredible plan, how are we going to collect people's contact information? Because we want to go on this journey with them and, and, and rehearse things like your announcements as much as you rehearse those that music, right? And make that as as important as everything else. And so you're going to start Mother's Day, work at that series, then work back to the actual week of, and then you're going to focus on, okay, we got to get that contact information. We got to get those follow-up systems. And I, I give you that big picture because hopefully it answers your question. Like you, you, you really need to reserve a lot of your budget, a lot of your energy, a lot of your leadership to that whole idea of Easter is week one of, of the playoffs. And so you're going to spend some of your marketing dollars. Don't, don't be at zero budget on Easter weekend. <laughs> you need to have some for follow-up. You need to make sure your follow-up systems have are, are well-resourced, whether you're giving them a gift or you're, you're doing some remarketing campaigns for maybe you're a little bit more advanced church and you're inviting people back, you know, with things like Facebook ads. There's all sorts of things that you can do. If you have the budget, you have the energy, you have the enthusiasm, 
enthusiasm. Uh, your people, uh, when it comes to hospitality, follow-up, and discipleship, that's everyone's opportunity. And, and so that's why you've got to have them uh, with, with energy left. And, and so I would encourage you on Easter Sunday, maybe do some special things, but don't do it at such a le- level that everybody is burnt out because you want them to have the ability to focus on keeping those relationships going and following up with people and inviting them back the next week and going on a discipleship journey with them, getting them invited to a, to a small group. And so just that Easter weekend is just the starting point of that. So your people need to have energy left over. You need to have a plan uh, when it comes to your follow-up and, and you need to be able to well resource that plan uh, really well. And that's everybody's responsibility. I think that's, again, the, the impact of COVID in the season that we're in. It used to be like, get everybody to the church in person, and then the system kind of will will figure everything out. That'll the system will disciple people. Where this is a refreshing, no, like everybody because we're so uh, maybe spread out everywhere. Everybody's going to go on a relationship journey and discipleship journey with our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers. This is everybody's responsibility because we're not just able to meet everybody in person. So I think this can kind of refresh that idea. And then lastly, I would say is as you're planning Easter. Focus a lot of your energy and your budget on things that are going to help your church week in, week out. So if you have the the ability to say, okay, we could spend all this money on this special song or this special thing, or you know what, we could really focus and get a brand new connect card that is way more strategic and way more effective. And we can use this connect card or maybe a digital connect card in this case, and it will help us get people's contact information every single week. I would say by far focus on the thing that's going to help your church week in, week out, and, and maybe launch it on Easter or, or solve it in the context of Easter, as opposed to, you know, we put all this time, money, energy into this one thing that was a one and done, you know, and, and it's basically, it's not really helping your, your overall system and your overall approach. So uh, hopefully that gives you some context of how I would coach a church, uh, focus on that longer term uh, goal, start with Mother's Day, the series, uh, then on Easter, and then put energy into things that are going to help your church every single week. Yeah, that's that's excellent, Ryan. Um, let let me um, ask you, um, in your experience in, in in working with churches, when it comes to um, because your your organization is Church Marketing University. Yep. Um, marketing is your middle name, literally, <laughs> right? So um, so when it comes to that idea, and 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 some people ruffle at the idea of marketing, and um, I, we've had this conversation before, and and maybe you can just touch on that. But but I want to go somewhere a, a a bit different from that, and that is when it comes to this idea of engaging people on the front end. Again, talking about Easter to to Mother's Day, kind of on the front end, kind of casting the wider net, um, because you need to have people in order to follow up with people, right? I mean, right, it's right. great to have the follow up system, but if you don't have fresh people that, you know, have um, joined you online or have joined you in person, then you have no one to follow up with. So um, talk talk to us just a little bit about um, this idea of marketing, promoting, um, kind of casting that net to, to you know, build those initial um, relationships with newcomers and maybe um, first-time attendees. What does that look like? 
Yeah, and I get it. When a lot of pastors and church leaders, when they hear the word marketing and church next to each other, they bristle. And if if a pastor's perspective and, and maybe experience with marketing is all about slimy tactics and manipulation, then yes, you're absolutely right. The church should have nothing to do with that. We're mm-hmm. called to a much higher standard uh, as as you know the kingdom of God and followers of Jesus. But if you're like us here at CMU, where you just look at marketing as, as simply tools to start new relationships, whether it's your website or Facebook ads or social media or any number of things. We got about 30 different tools that we coach churches on. All of those are, are simply tools to start new relationships. And so this conversation isn't a new one in the church space. We've always looked at different tools throughout history and we, we've had to make the decision, do we use that to share the good news or do we stay away from that? So when it comes to like the printing press, do we use that to get the hand, like the word of God in the hands of as many people as we possibly can? Or do we shy away from that because people won't be able to interpret it? When it comes to the airplane, do we use that to send missionaries everywhere? Or do we shy away from that because if God w- wanted us to fly, he would have given us wings. Uh, television, do we use that to preach the good news? Or do we shy away from that because it could be used for evil? So this isn't a new conversation. I, I, we just come down on the perspective that if it's, if it's a tool that can be used to build the kingdom of God in a healthy way, then let's use it to, to start new relationships and that discipleship opportunity and, and point people to Jesus. So that's what we're trying to do. And that's why we love these tools, because we find that these tools are a great accelerator. And, and they're accelerating either darkness or they can help accelerate uh, the light. And so when it comes to uh, like a church and looking at, at Easter, you've got a lot of different tools nowadays to, to start those relationships. And that's what's incredible. On one hand, it's amazing because there's so many people that are just walking around with that, the, that mobile device in their pocket. And that is uh, just an entrance for relationship between them and, and you as a pastor, your church and, and God ultimately. And so it's a cool opportunity, but at the same time, it can get overwhelming really quick because it's like, oh my word, there's so much, there's all these new platforms and I don't get it. And social media is not my thing. And I'm not on TikTok <laughs> and I don't want to be famous. It's not about me. And so I'm going to, you know, kind of retreat. There's so much. So with all that said, what I would encourage pastors to think about going in to, to Easter is how do you encourage your church and the people, your congregation to be leveraging these tools to bring light? I always see this and I love this. I've been thinking about this passage a ton in John 1 in terms of how he describes Jesus as, as the light into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And so as the light, no, we're not the light, but we're we're witnesses to the light and we bring light into situations. Right now, I feel like in the church world, we have this decision do we retreat because there's so much darkness on social media, for example? Or do we say as, as ambassadors of the light, what if we all got together and brought light into the situation? We encourage people. We bring life. You know, life and death is in the tongue. And so it, I don't know how many millions, hundreds of millions, billions of followers of Jesus there are on this planet. But if I'm just saying, man, if we all said, no, I'm not going to speak death anymore. I'm going to bring light and bring life. Uh, and, and you can rally your people around that type of concept going in to Easter. And so one of the things that we're doing in our Easter resource is we're, we're encouraging churches to take their congregation through what we're calling like a local digital missions trip. 
where, and we're using, we use a tool called text and church. They can text in the keyword. And then for 21 days, it will take their people through a local missions trip. And like every other day or every third day, there's a prompting where it's like, what if you went on today on the social media and you just shared one cool thing that God is doing in your life? What if you went uh, on today and you texted three people, Hey, how are you doing? What if you went today and you just found somebody, you called them up and you just encouraged them or listened or, or prayed for them. And so we're, using technology to send uh, congregations on a local mission trip where we're prompting them ways to bring light into their coworkers, into their families, into their neighborhoods. And it's a really cool way where, the, uh, where churches, we can say, man, we're going we're gonna to approach it and we're going to encourage and we're going to empower our people um, to, to really rally around with us and, and kind of that, Jason, you talk about this a lot, that kind of the blending of, hey, go and be, be a light, but also there's that blend of now come and see, and it's a two-way bridge there. Mm-hmm. So we want to do both this Easter. We want to just fire our people up and encourage them to go be light in the relationships that you have. And then also, while you're being light, invite them to the Easter experience. Come and see what God might do. Go and be light and come and see also what God might do in your life and your family this Easter. So, I, and I love, Jason, I love, because this is your really kind of one of the things that you love to talk about. So I'd love to even hear your thought process on that whole, how you go and be and come and see on a, around an Easter planning. Yeah. Well, I think, I think what you're sharing is spot on. And, and I love that, that kind of digital uh, local mission trip type thing that, that you, uh, that, that you're working on. And, and we'll share, um, cause I want to make sure that, that people can, can get to the free resources that you have available around this because you have some amazing, you and your team have put together some amazing resources. So I want to be sure that people can get to that, but, um, just real quickly, um, what I have found and, and a lot of the churches that we're working with have found to be really, really important. And, and I like what you said, Ryan, about the fact that, you know, we're kind of coming to this point where, we're probably doing a lot of things that we should have been doing all along, <laughs> but it right. took something like the chaos of 2020 to get us in that position for whatever reason. And, and, um, but leaning into some of these things and, and, you know, the, the go and be is the, the idea of, listen, every single person that is in your church pastor is, is someone who has a story, a spiritual encounter with, with God and, um, and has, has seen Christ at work in their lives. And, and so often, I think we have we have set things up to um, where the only like the, the only repository for those great stories is somehow connected to a church building, right? And mm. or 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 a worship gathering. And although we love to celebrate all of that, and 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 obviously that's very very important, we we need to help our people understand that you know they are they are people who are carrying the light of Christ. And um, so their encounters with, with schoolmates or their encounters with their neighbor or their encounter with, you know, whomever, coworkers, whoever that might be, um, those, every single one of those is an opportunity. So definitely go and be. How can you be the light of Christ in your neighborhood? How can you be the hands and feet of Christ? How can you, you know, share an encouraging word? How can you reach out to your elderly neighbors and see when you're headed to the grocery stores or anything you can grab for them? Um, Whatever that might be. And I feel like, um, you know, the pandemic has opened up a lot more opportunities. And, and I sense, I feel that the followers of Jesus are, are a little more tuned into that. And I think we can just continue to grow in that. Um, but then there is that flip side, the come and see. 
there is something incredibly important about the body of Christ. And every yeah. church, you know, every, every pastor listening right now, every ministry leader, your church is the local expression of the body of Jesus Christ, right? And so, and there's something incredibly powerful about that community. And um, so we want to invite people to come and see what this what this often messy, but, um, but, you know, this, this community that, um, is, is growing and learning and seeking to honor God together, what that looks like and, and how that discipling happens, both one-on-one discipling happens, but also discipling happens within a community, right? And so we know these are important. So both of those pieces are, are so vital. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that you're seeing a lot of the churches you're working with kind of recognize that more and more because I think that's that, that's kind of a big, um, you know, maybe a corrector that we had mm. to had to walk through um, during this time. Um, but Ryan, I, I would love for you to share with us. We're, we're kind of wrapping up our time, but I know you have some free resources for our listeners, which we certainly appreciate. And so, can you talk to us a little bit about some of those free resources specifically for Easter? Um, and how can those who are listening in um, take advantage of, of that generosity? Yeah, so we've partnered with Outreach for a long time. So what's cool is you've got amazing resources over there at Outreach. We have uh, a kit over at Church Marketing University. I would encourage pastors and church leaders to take advantage of all the above. And what you'll find is they work really, really well together. And, and so I would encourage you to check out uh, what Outreach has available. If you want to see what we have, we have a kit. We call it the Ultimate Easter Kit. Uh, you can go to churchmarketinguniversity.com slash Easter. Make it really easy for you and, and check out everything there. But we try to just really help uh, churches with all the heavy lifting of uh, videos and sermon outlines and social media posts and graphic and artwork and emails and text messages, like all the stuff that you spend hundreds and hundreds of hours doing. And our, our heart is, man, can we come alongside you and do all that for you. So really freeze your team up to focus on how can you best, you know, be that go and be and, and be that long-term discipleship and focus on those ministry and relationships. We can do these things if it, if it frees you up to go and, and do those things. And it's an honor and a joy uh, for us to partner with outreach in that. What's really cool is everything in our inside our kit, if a church wants to implement it through any sort of number of ways, you want to get invite cards, you want to get signage, you want to get stickers, you want to run Facebook ads, whatever you want to do, outreach has loaded it up in their system. So you're, it's easy, like, okay, we're going to use this uh, for kind of our service graphics. And our, we have a live stream version of it. We have digital hybrid in-person approach. And then you can implement any of it through uh, outreach's social program or Facebook ads or their printing opportunities. And so it's a really seamless integration between our two ministries that is a huge um, game changer for churches. That's our prayer. It just saves you a ton of time, saves you a ton of money, and allows you to focus on ministry. So I'd encourage you this Easter, more than probably any other, let us do the heavy lifting on the resource side. Let us be a blessing. And then in return, we just ask for you that when you when you see those life change stories come through and you're baptizing people, you reach out to the outreach team, reach out to the CMU team, share those stories with us. We want to celebrate with you uh, because that's why I know for both teams, that's why we get up so excited in the morning and we do all this hard work is because we want to be a small part of that journey of seeing lives transformed all across the, the world. So that would mean a lot to us. Amen. Excellent. Yes. And Ryan, we will have links to, but you know, it's com slash Easter. And we'll have links in the show notes for our listeners where you can get that, that free kit and those free resources. Uh, what's cool about what Ryan and his team does is they provide 
resources, designs, graphics, all those things. But then they also have like ongoing training and coaching around these different tools. So you you heard from him um, today in, in this interview, um, a lot of the coaching that he does. Um, he has a lot more in-depth stuff that, that you guys can, can learn from, get some tastes of and um, experience. Uh, he has a Facebook group as well, a large and, and growing daily uh, Facebook group of um, church leaders um, who are, you know, in church communications, pastors, all different sized churches, you know, rural churches, urban churches, just about <laughs> any yep. type of church um, are in a part of this group. And, and not only learning from Ryan and his team, but also encouraging one another, sharing ideas that are working for one another. So it's a, it's, it's a great group. I, I'm a part of that group. Love what's going on in there. So uh, we'll have links to all of those things, all those incredible resources. And we just want to encourage you as you're looking just a couple months down the road to Easter, now is the time to begin um, prayerfully preparing so that you can not only have an incredible Easter experience as you celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and um, hopefully introduce uh, a lot of people to Christ, a lot of people to your church, um, a place where they can get plugged in and grow, but also, as Ryan has said, that kind of long-term relationship building. Like Mm -hmm. Easter can be a catalyst, but it's a catalyst for ongoing relationship building, which leads to making disciples. And that's what all of us have been called to do. Jesus is the one who called us to do that. That's That's our mission. That's our calling. So Ryan, I'm so thankful for you and for your team and all that you're doing. Uh, for the kingdom, and uh, certainly appreciate you making the time to be with us today on the Church Leaders Podcast. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I pray it's a blessing. Church leaders, be encouraged. Hang in there. We're, we're getting through this together. Keep up the good work because the, the kingdom needs you, and uh, let's celebrate all that God does through your church this Easter. Awesome. God bless you, brother. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. We hope you are finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast, and if so, we would appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcast so they can benefit as well. Thank you in advance. And if you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send an email to podcasts at churchleaders.com or connect with me on Twitter. You can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the Faith Play app, available for both Apple and Android. So be sure to check out Faith Play. Until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.